The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's all coming together. The schedule, the stars, they both align as we move toward the next couple of weeks here on Fantasy NBA Today. And I'll tell you what that all means in just a moment. I am Dan Basperis. It's Thursday on the pod, so we're uh, on the downslope here for the week. We are inside five weeks from the start of the NBA season. We're going to be talking to Coach a little bit later on on today's program. Get some notes on DFS today's episode this week. Also, uh, basically, why we and you know I've already done that interview, so the magic of cutting it in there. So I already know the questions I've asked. But really, it comes down to me. I'm as the interviewer with Coach. I'm asking him questions that I really do want to know the answer to because I want to get more involved in DFS, but I don't want to do it unless I'm going to win. And I think he can help us with that. Also, on today's episode, we're going to be diving through uh, another 25 on the Yahoo ADPs. That'll get us to number 100. I thought that was a nice round way to finish off a Thursday. Tomorrow, and this is where I want to get into what's coming up on the program, I think you guys are really going to be interested in the upcoming schedule. Uh, I realize that a lot of folks wish I would just dive right in quicker, but I think this is diving in. Understanding what's coming up on the podcast, you can kind of set yourself accordingly. Tomorrow, uh, we'll be doing the Beyond 100, basically. It's going to be whatever comes after that mark on Yahoo's ADP. So we're going to keep breaking that down, but it's not going to necessarily be in order. Uh, Guest to be determined on tomorrow's podcast. But we do have a special brief appearance on tomorrow's show. Not going to tell you who. You'll have to listen to, to enjoy that one. Monday will be the last solo podcast for many weeks here on Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, We're going to be getting started on Monday on the industry mock draft, which is now officially done. The results are in. All 12 teams are set. We went 12 rounds because the whole thing went total chaos in like the 11th round. It just started drafting all sorts of weirdos, and I just had to... We went manual style after that. Uh... And then on Tuesday of next week, we're going to begin pros. And it'll be 11 shows in a row where we have pros on the podcast to talk about the results of that industry mock draft. They're each going to break down their teams. So by the end of that, outside of my own team, which I suppose I can break down on Monday if you guys want, uh, 12 rounds, 12 pros. We're going to go through 144 players in excruciating detail over uh, 11 Maybe you could even call it 12 consecutive podcasts mixed in with whatever news of the day is coming up in all of this. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Those pro segments will probably be about a half hour, so we'll do a little bit more on the show on uh, some other stuff going on. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I mentioned that already. Brought to you by hoop-ball.com. I want to make sure that all of you folks that are tuning in for the first time these days understand why this show even exists Hoop-ball.com is the website that put this thing together. I realize we've sort of both become our our own uh, unique entity, 
But that's how the podcast came to pass. I'd love it if many of you that listen to the show would also check out HoopBall. Uh, again, the website, hoop-ball.com. You've got Draft Guide available for $15.99, and that goes through Sunday. So that special deal is only available a few more days. Plenty of free stuff there as well. At HoopBall Fantasy is the blurb feed. You ought to check that out. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N, B as in boy, E-S as in Sam, B as in boy, R-I-S as in Sam. Please do give me a follow. And if you love what you hear at the end of this podcast, throw a five-star review on this bad boy on iTunes. That's what keeps us pushing up the charts. And we're well on our way to having uh, a, our biggest off-season and then biggest season ever. Picking up where we left off on yesterday's show, another big thank you to Brandon Marcus, uh, who wedged us in. He had a lot going on yesterday, and he uh, took the time to, to sort of squeeze things in between. We left off at Yahoo ADP marker 77.6. It's actually their 76th player on the board. And that's Demontis Sabonis, who I have heard almost nothing about this entire offseason. I, I, he managed to play about 25 minutes a game last year, which is ever so slightly up from the previous season, saw a massive bump in field goal percent, a dip in free throw percent, and an overall uh, growth in most statistical categories. But to me, he's sort of like a poor man's Julius Randle, which you guys already know. I'm not a massive Randle fan. I don't see the value in Demontis Sabonis, which is... Not really a fair way to break him down, but it's the way that it's going to have to be, and I'll explain myself here momentarily. When I say that, it just means I don't understand where specifically he fits in a team build. He doesn't score a ton. His rebounding is decent, slightly above average. Actually, well above average, but we'd need to see a big minutes bump for that to change a ton. And his field goal percent was very good last year, which I think will... Hold on. I don't know if it's going to be quite as high, but it's going to be solid, if nothing else. Uh, above 50%, I would reckon. How far above, we don't know. Free throw percent, not great. Not outstanding, but uh, or, or not terrible, but not great either. And his assists are pretty good for a big man. So there's a little bit of the popcorn stuff, but still not a ton. No defensive stats, really. Combined 1.6 steals, 0.4 blocks. He doesn't hit the three-pointer. There's... I don't know at what point in your as you're working your way through a draft and you get to this spot, which again is pick 76. So we're into the front end of the seventh round now in a 12-team league. How, where do you sit after six picks where you're like, oh, I need just a boost in rebounds and field goal percent? I don't know that. I don't know that there are almost any times where I get to that point and I'm like, oh, this is the guy that fits my mold because there just isn't a ton of upside there. The upside would be if his minutes moved up substantially and I don't believe necessarily that the Sabonis-Miles-Turner pairing in the front court is going to exist as much as we've been led to believe it will. Now, if he goes up from 25 minutes to 30 well, then all the things that I've said are complete malarkey, and it'll be dominant. You know, then you're talking about 17, 18 points a game, 11, not 10 or 11 rebounds instead of 9. You know, the .6 and .4 blocks, maybe that goes up to .7, .5. The assist maybe goes up to 3.5 or 4. Now you're talking about a big-time guy. But I don't believe that his 
highest level of efficiency is playing that many minutes in a ball game. I mean, he just really didn't do it last year. Very few times that he was rolling up into the 30-plus minute mark. And this is when, I mean, he was playing well. So you have to take it all with a grain of salt. There were games every once in a while where he'd push the the minute boundary and then you'd have like a 19 and 16 game and it would really catch the eye. But there's also the the holes, the very obvious holes in his game. And I don't think those are going away. At this point in my fantasy draft, I'm looking for someone with much higher upside. And there are a few of those names that will rattle off even on today's episode. I'll try to highlight them. The next guy on the list, 77.9, is the ADP for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think a decent season coming up for this young man. He showed a ton of promise in his rookie season with the Clips. There were some issues that we highlighted repeatedly last year. Every time someone was telling you you had to go pick him up and start him immediately, I said, well... Let's wait a minute. You know, he was way down on the pecking order with that team, and he was still a rookie. But we saw glimpses, good steals numbers, uh, good blocks numbers for a point guard because he is very tall. He'll likely be the shooting guard in Oklahoma City, by the way. Doesn't shoot the three-pointer, so that's a thing you do need to think about from a guard spot. The assists were okay but not great. The rebounding was okay but not great. Percentages were decent. Good field goal percent for a guard. Okay, free throw percent for a guard, right around 80. That's where you'd hope. So the question now becomes, what is the larger role and off-season of growth do for his fantasy game? I think the steals and blocks are going to be there, so that probably reason enough to take a chance on a guy like this. What about the volume? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to think it'll be up from nine shots per ball game, but by how much? Tough to say. Probably a little bit. Three-pointers, are those going to become a thing overnight? I doubt it. What are we thinking? One a game, maximum. Four rebounds instead of three. Four and a half assists instead of three and a half. I mean, he's still not going to be the the focal point. They have Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder on that team in Oklahoma City. So I don't know that I'm seeing the monster leap that other people are necessarily predicting. I think it's going to be a good year. I think that he's a potential value, but he's going pretty early. I mean, this is pretty early for a guy who hasn't been proven at all yet. You're you're going to have to spend a seventh-round pick on him. I'm not sure I'm willing to do that, but it's an upside play. You know, you're into you're into no man's land, so, you know, you you take the chance where you can. You ready to roll the dice? I don't know if I'm quite ready to roll the dice yet. I I think on yesterday's podcast, I said, tomorrow will be the day we really start to roll the dice a little bit. I just, again, I see names on this list that I can't help but thinking, I'd rather have that guy because he's just going to be an easier dude to throw into my lineup every night. And this guy's one of them, Ricky Rubio, 79.4. Perfectly happy taking him in the seventh round. Perfectly happy taking Ricky Rubio in the seventh round. Uh, he's due for a massive bounce back here. He's going to a team that's going to let him go for the swipe may more than Utah did. I mean, this is a guy throughout his career that was 1.7 to 2.4 steals per game in Minnesota. He was 1.6 and then 1.3 last year in Utah. Career low minutes per game. That's all coming back. He is the, the full-time point guard starter for the Phoenix Suns. 
Going to be a bad shooting year for him. 40% is expected. Three-pointers, not that great. Very good free-throw shooter. You're going to see solid assist numbers. You're going to see some rebounds from the point guard spot. Not great. But at this point in the draft, to be able to scoop up a guy that'll get you 13 and probably 8 is pretty sweet. And he'll probably get you 8 assists with 2.6, 2.7 turnovers, so it'll be more like a 3-to-1 ratio. I dig it. Wendell Carter Jr., the Bulls' center of the future. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the centers that you have to pay through the nose for, like a Thomas Bryant, Bam Adebayo. I think Wendell Carter Jr. is sort of your cheaper option there. Um, I know our good buddy Jonas Nader was talking about that on Twitter, and I don't know that there's a boatload of value at this spot. It's still not particularly late to grab him, but I do think there's some upside there. We've already talked about the fact that there are a truckload of centers in this draft. I don't know how many times I'm going to get to this point of a draft and think I need another center, but at the same time, I might just go get more centers and deal with the other issues later. So he's another guy I think I'd rather have over to the two people that started today's discussion. Jonathan Isaac, ADP of 82.4. He went through some really good stretches last year. He went some, through some really rough ones last year as well. When he was on, it was fantastic. Threes, steals, blocks, points, rebounds. Unicorn-style numbers. When he was not on, it was ugly. He faded into the corner and did nothing. For long stretches, he just was not involved in the offense. I'm not willing to believe yet that he's overcome his sort of fear of being a focal point. They have a lot of guys still in Orlando that come before him in the pecking order. Obviously, Nikola Vucevic. Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, even DJ Augustine at times. And then they brought in Al Farouk Aminu to be the backup power forward behind him. That frightens me a little bit. I mean, I love the fact that he's a steals and blocks guy. Those dudes are rare. You know, 1-1-1 one, one, one potential we always talk about. Uh, and the, So the upside, obviously, is colossal, but the downside is equally large. I get it, though. You know, this is where you roll the dice a little bit. I just see guys on the board that are almost guaranteed value. So I can't, I can't fully commit to the do-whatever-the-hell-you-want upside chase while there's still some obvious choices out there. Uh, Gordon Hayward, 82.5 is the ADP. He's going to have a solid year. There is zero doubt in my mind that we see Gordon Hayward far better than the one we saw last year. Every player is talking about how you need a year after a catastrophic injury like the one he had to really learn to trust yourself again. And don't even talk to me about conditioning. I mean, the dude could barely move for many, many months. Got to get the conditioning back. Got to get the feel back. It took him a whole year. I take a chance on him in this round. We know that he's been in his career a top 40 level guy. I don't think he's getting back to that mark because he's the probably the third option in Boston behind Kemba Walker and likely Jason Tatum, but boy, he's in a, he's in a round what the stuff and things he's an across the board producer. So yeah, I'm totally cool with this one. I think this ADP is pretty accurate. I think that he should outperform this, but you know, as with all time will tell. Folks, I want to remind all of you guys to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. 
I tell you every day, and I hope you've been listening so far, mybookie.ag is doing it right. Online gaming. And they care. That's the difference. This is a website that cares enough to be involved with podcasts like ours, with other big sports podcasts. They want their name to be out there because they know that their product is better. A lot of the other online books, they were just like, whatever, you know, people will find us. People will find us. We don't need to promote ourselves. They'll find us because they have no choice. Well, guess what? This stuff is legal now. So choices are out there, and you should pick the one that actually cares about you. MyBookie.ag, best player perks in the industry. Promo code TODAY. If you use the promo code T-O-D-A-Y, they will match your first deposit. Play, win, get paid with MyBookie.ag. Again, join now. MyBookie will double that first deposit. Bet the NFL while you're waiting for the NBA stuff to start up. Again, I would get all of that wrong, but you wouldn't because some of you guys actually watch the NFL. Do the smart thing. Go to MyBookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. They've got fast payouts and better lines. Capitalize now. Promo code once again. T-O-D-A-Y. Tell them Dan sent you. See if they don't kick you right in the face. <laughs> it's an old joke. Montrez Harrell. 83. The ADP on Montrez. Um, I think he's going to have about the same year he had last season. Which was solid. He was number 71. 16.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, a steal, 1.3 blocks. I would lean ever so slightly to Steven Adams, despite the fact that Montrez actually outperformed him last year, largely because of the free throw discrepancy. Harrell's not nearly as bad as Adams. There's going to be a slight tick down, ever so slight. I, don't, I think you're going to see a pretty similar year for Montrez season over season. His role is still going to be badly needed for this club because they just don't have much in terms of what you'd call a traditional front court. Ivica Zubats is not that guy. So he's going pl- to play. He's going to get his minutes. I don't know how many times he's going to run a pick and roll with Lou Williams because they just have too many other really good players on the team now. Uh, but he'll be solid. I just feel like his arrow is flat. And whereas, you know, Steven Adams is the comparable guy, his arrow is pointed up a little bit. Still, you know, that's the difference in ADP, though. Steven Adams, you had to spend a round or two earlier. And if that's really the case, if you're like, oh, Steven Adams in the sixth, or Montrez Harrell as we approach the eighth, that's probably Montrez in that situation. He's followed immediately on the Yahoo board by Lou Williams at 83.6, another member of the Clippers, and one that I think should be faded hard this year. He has no real good spot on this team. Just not there. His role is all about volume, He had a stretch, remember, where everybody was hurt a couple years ago where he was putting up first-round numbers. But last year, I mean, he was barely a top 100 guy at times. His steals were gone. His scoring was fine. His three-pointers were way down last season for whatever reason. He was doing more uh, long twos and attacking. Field goal percent is going to be low. Free throw percent is always going to be good for him. But again, it's about volume. He played 26 and a half minutes a game last year. I don't know that he gets back to that point. He took 15 shots a game last year. I don't think that he gets back to that point. All of his stuff should see a shaving applied to it this year. Because they don't need scoring the way they did in the past. They don't need their bench unit to come in and erase a deficit. 
Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are going to be the leading two guys on this team. Last year, Lou Williams was really the number two, and for many stretches, number one scorer on the team. Danilo Gallinari was the other one that was in that same realm, especially once they got rid of Tobias Harris. So yeah, sure, he's been in a situation where he's been sort of the third in command, but it was really more like a 1A, 1B, and 1C. This is very clearly a 1, 2, and 3. There are tiers that didn't exist in the past, and Lou's no longer on the top one of them. Miles Bridges at 86.5, more than willing to say take a chance on him there. Uh, Charlotte's going young, so yeah, why the hell not? I think a lot of people are going to be on Miles Bridges at that spot. We, uh, The knock on him was that his the stat set was at times a little bit lacking. If the shot wasn't falling, it seemed like he was a little bit less engaged. Because he had those games where he got hot early, and then the whole game was nice. You know, 16 points, 6 rebounds, a steal, and a block. 18 and 5 with two steals and two blocks. He had an 18 and 7 with three blocks, and then somewhere in there was like an, a 0 and a 5 rebound game. So it was a little bit of a mixed bag, but they're going to play him. He's going to be rolling out there for 30 something minutes a game this year, and you might as well take a chance at this point in a draft because now we're starting to push through some of those more obvious value plays. Not all of them, but many. And at this point in a fantasy draft, you're worried about who's going to make it back to you. Who is going to be there, whatever it is, 12 to 20-some-odd picks down the road? And if, you're, if you know the people you're playing with are targeting a particular guy, then you have to make sure you get them off the board if you want them. You know, maybe this is a situation where you're looking at someone 10, 11 picks down the line and thinking... Ah, you know, I think that guy's coming back to me. Well, then you take the guy that's not. I always think that targeting people is a good way to get yourself in trouble. You end up taking guys too early. But again, this is the part of the draft. And maybe this year, No Man's Land starts closer to 80 than it does to 70 or 85. That's sort of our neck of the woods right now. Where you just start to take the guys and it's all about who could get back to you. Kelly Oubre, 87.6, kind of the same story. Will he make it back to you? Marcus Smart, 87.8, not quite the same story, really more of a specialist. He averaged two steals a game last season, which is pretty dang good. Uh, well, 1.8, I rounded up a little bit. Nine points, 1.63s, 1.8 steals. He's your very safe plotting type who should have a slightly larger role on this Celtics team. He's going to be doing more. They just, everybody's going to be doing a little bit more. And he was already better than people realized last season. That's the part I think we really need to point out. Mark Smart was number 85 on a per game basis and he played 80 games last year. So don't sell that kid short. If he takes a small step forward in a couple of categories, he goes from top 85 to top 75 quickly. I got no problem with drafting him there. But again, you got to be looking. This is a spot where if you're going to take the safe guy, this is, it runs, by the way, in sort of counterintuitive to what I've been saying before, which is, you know, you take your safe guy or you take your wild upside play. If you're taking your safe guy, which of the dudes we've talked about so far, I would argue Damana Sabonis is a safe guy. 
Ricky Rubio is a safe guy with some upside. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I think, is a relatively safe guy. Montrez, safe guy, and now Marcus Smart. Of the players we've listed today, those are the safer guys. You're sort of targeting stats at that point and less so upside. Marcus Smart, you want him now? Well, your team probably is deficient in steals, and he's a guy that can carry you a little bit in that category that you're drafting late. That's pretty good. Ricky Rubio, maybe you were lacking in steals and assists in that situation. He's a guy you can scoop up. Demonis Sabonis, we mentioned it. You need a field goal percent and rebound bump. I'd rather go a different direction if that's what I'm looking for, but I get it. Montrez Harrell, a little bit different there because he does have a category that hurts you a bit. But you're targeting categories. And if you're targeting upside, which was the case with Shea, uh, Wendell, Isaac, Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre, and, and we'll add more names to that list later on today's thing. If you're targeting upside, you're not really looking at a particular category as much as you are looking for a guy to just overperform his spot. And you just, you're like, okay, well, I hope he overperforms and I hope he has a big year in a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of that has to do with what you've done in earlier rounds. If you have risks early or if you look at your team, you're like, crap, I don't have any steals. Well, maybe you need to shore them up a little bit before you go massively overproduction hunting. Maybe you go for the high upside guy in the next round. Karis LeVert at 88.9 is next on the list. I am less enthused about him than everybody else, but we've been down this road so many times before. I don't, it, I mean, what, what else can I say at this point? I, he's, he's a popcorn guy with bad both percentages. You know how I feel about guys that are not good in either of the percentage categories. That just, it drives me up the wall. They hurt you too many spots. So we'll just keep right on rumbling here. DeAndre Jordan at 89.1. He certainly falls into the safe category, although you know I think you're looking at a guy who's going to play more like the 26 minutes he had in New York than the 30-plus he'd been playing basically everywhere for a decade. And in those 26 minutes, he was at 11 and 11 with a block. And he shot free throws pretty well in Madison Square Garden of all places. Shot 77% at the line there. His, to- his, his entire life has turned here in a season and a half. Suddenly he's, a, uh, suddenly he's like a 70% foul shooter. So he's no longer a punt guy, but there's really limited upside here. I, I don't... Unless you, are, unless you have no centers on your team, I see almost no reason to waste a pick on DeAndre Jordan at this point. If he falls like two more rounds, then fine. But there's still some pretty high upside guys on the board. Dwayne Dedman, I'm terrified of drafting him in Sacramento. They have so many guys in the front court. I loved him last year. He was fantastic. I had him on multiple teams during his time in Atlanta. Uh, He's just not going to have that same freedom with the Kings. He's not. Too many guys in that front court. I'd rather have this center at 91.1, Ennis Cantor, who's more than likely going to be the starting center in Boston. And sure, there's... I mean, we've all, we've all heard the knocks on Cantor's defense over the years, and it's not very good. But Boston has enough really good defenders on that team to kind of cover him up a little bit. We saw Portland do it a little bit late in the year and then sort of into the playoffs. They find ways to hide Cantor 
you know, not every team can run a center so-and-so pick-and-roll and then take advantage of it. Not every center is that great at either popping or rolling. Some of them are pretty good at screen setting, but there's ways to combat this, and Boston has the personnel to do it. They just play really hard, and they're smart on defense most of the time. So I think that's going to allow them to get more out of Cantor. Yeah, we'll see, you know, Time Lord, he'll, he'll get some time out there. Robert Williams, they'll, you might see, you know, whoever else floating around. But Cantor's their only option at center that can do anything around a rim. He can score. He has post moves. He can offensive, re- very good actually, by the way, at offensive rebounding. He gives them a different dimension on the offensive side of the ball that no one else on the team can provide. And they're probably going to be going small often at the other four spots on the floor. So it might not be the worst thing in the world to have somebody out there who can go box out and get a rebound. And Ennis is very good. For as bad as he is on defense, he is very, very good at rebounding. He takes up space. He's a guy I would love to have at that spot. I think there's upside, too. We've seen it before with Cantor. He's not going to get New York minutes. Those were wild times. Uh, you know, 14 and 10 last year, ranked 110th. His free throw number was down last season for whatever odd reason there. Uh, he could get to that or eclipse it. You just you like to have a guy that can give you both percentages. He's not going to get you any defensive stats, but I'd certainly rather have him over DeAndre Jordan. It's just an opportunity. Am I drafting any of these guys? I don't know. I mean, there's so many centers late. Here's another one. Well, Boogie's at 92.1, but he's falling like a stone, so he'll be out of this mix in a week. Jared Allen, 92.5. I'd probably take him over DeAndre Jordan, at least if you're looking at the centers on the Brooklyn Nets, because there's blocks upside. He's a young man improving. DeAndre Jordan is an old man slowing, who they gave four years to for some reason. Uh, Jared Allen, 11 and eight and a half with a block and a half and a half a steal last year in 26 minutes a game. I think they try to find a way to get him up near that point again. I don't think they want to stunt his development the way that bringing in DeAndre Jordan seems to, especially this year where it's not really championship aspiration year. That's when Kevin Durant comes back. That's when you might see the young guys start to get displaced a little bit. Uh, this season... It really behooves them to give Jared Allen playing time or maybe even try to move him for a position that's not redundant. I don't know what they're going to do on that front. Man, there are a lot of centers. There are so many centers. I'm almost guaranteed to have at least two before this point. And then there's this run. How many have we talked about today in in this chunk? Demonis Sabonis, Wendell Carter Jr., Montrez Harrell, DeAndre Jordan, Dwayne Dedman, Ennis Cantor, Jared Allen already. And there's another one at the end of this 25 chunk. DeJounte Murray, ADP of 94. I am petrified of the point guard situation in San Antonio, and I want nothing to do with it. I saw... The San Antonio point guards getting love early this offseason, and that has really petered out. I think everybody realized, wait a minute, we can't love both DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Can we? And there was this weird like month of reconciliation in everybody's mind where they went, wait a minute, those two guys are supposed to play the same position. 
Sure, they'll find a way to get them both on the floor at times, but they're each going to put a dent in the other one's stuff. And neither one of them is really the lead dog. There's DeMar DeRozan, there's LaMarcus Aldridge. Rudy Gay, I think, is going to still have a pretty significant role. There isn't a whole lot left. To me, that hurts Derek White more than it does Murray, because, you know, with DeJounte, it's rebounding, steals, blocks, field goal percent type stuff. He's, he's out of position point guard stats. So if I was going to end up with one of them, it would probably be him. But he missed a whole year. Can you trust him to come back playing well? I don't think there's a ton of upside there, and I'd rather go a different direction. Let's pause before the next one. He's had time to recover. He's wiped the tears from his eyes. He's blown his nose. He's gone to the gym to work out some of the rage. But he's back, and he's ready to roll. My good buddy. Coach. Coach. How are you, Dan? How's am, it going, man? I am A-OK. The ramp up to the season is is upon us, and I know you're feeling it because, uh, listen, this is not Team USA update anymore. This is DFS update now because that the, the FIBA stuff is done. As, as amped up as I am for the start of the NBA regular season, which is five weeks away, you can do DFS in two weeks. You must be going crazy over there. I am going crazy over there. And you know what? I duped you on my Team USA stuff, my man. I am excited about Team USA, and I'm not giving up the ship because <laughs> did you hear the news today and I did. yesterday? I did hear. Steph Curry Steph and Damian Curry's Lillard, aboard. right? Aboard. Dame Lillard's aboard. We got the, the momentum train is going. <laughs> So there you go. I was the tears break. went away, and I'm back to chant my USA. I oh, re-clicked on my rejoin the Team USA button on my Twitter, and and we're all all is good in life again. Man, man, you really you can't keep coach down for long, huh? No, you can't. But you're right, dude. Two weeks. Uh, actually, it's less than that. It's eleven days until we get to at least start uh, scratching and watching uh, some preseason global games with uh, there's a, a Sacramento Kings Pacers game in Indiana, Raptors Rockets in Japan, and Lakers Nets in China. How cool is that? Wow, that's fantastic. That's 11 days away. That's crazy. That, it is, man. It's oh, 11 man. days away. And then that's the same day all the rest of the camps open for all of the other teams. And then, you know, in a blink of an eye, four or five days later, uh, on the fourth, they'll begin preseason games. And and, and then you can for, play then, right? DFS yes. start? That's amazing. Yes. And if you listen to the podcast that dropped today, my man, it I had let everybody know there, it was last year, the two weeks of preseason, which this year, it's a full two weeks of, of games where you can play DFS and bet them the whole time. It's October 4th through the 18th. So it was about the same last year, that two-week period. And then the first three weeks of the regular season, that five weeks, I was able to build up a bankroll that gave me the action to play all the rest of the year. And, wow. I'll, and I'll tell you why that is. Dan, yeah, how, is how, because... how, does that, how does that come to pass? How are you able to be so successful early? Because, listen, this is, I, I'm putting myself, this is what's kind of fun for me. I know this isn't a DFS podcast necessarily, but I, I think of myself as someone here who's going to sort of 
do this along with my listeners. Those of us listening to this show that want to dabble in DFS, it seems smart to get started kind of with you guys at the beginning. So I've been listening to DFS today. By the way, Coach, you can follow him on Twitter, at Joe Sarvati. Uh, DFS Today debuted three weeks ago, so this is now the fourth episode that dropped this week. So I'm following along with you, Coach, and I feel like then if this is my opportunity, I want to know why. Okay. Well, let me, let me, I'll ask you a question, and then I bet you you can pretty much answer what you just asked me. Who do you know that has followed more closely the NBA Summer League free agency trades and FIBA? Well, certainly once you threw FIBA in there, I only know one guy that followed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you combine them all, I'm at least in the running, I got to yes. think. So, so here, that's, that's the reasoning. And, and we talk about it on our, our pod, and we will continue is, you know, success is when preparation meets opportunity. And all of this pre-season, pre off-season, whatever you want to call it, work, is all in preparation for these early preseason and beginning of season games. Because here's the thing, and, and you'll get real familiar with this as we uh, get you immersed in DFS NBA, is the different sites set pricing on the guys. So that has everything to do with your team build for that night. And it takes the DraftKings and Fantasy Drafts and Fandles, it takes them a little while to see how things roll out, you know, for, you know, I always use as an example because it's the best one is you got two of the top five usage players in the league with Harden and Westbrook on the same team. Now they were like the two most expensive guys on most slates last year. Well, they're not going to be the two most expensive this year because they're going to be splitting usage. So how is that going to going to affect everything? So all of the homework on all of that stuff that I mentioned to you, is going to be now used in this early season to get the edge on the players that we've seen developing that are going to get some rotation that you know that are going to be in there and priced down to where they actually should be. So that's the edge that I'm talking about. So is, here's let me let mm -hmm. me make this very simple for my me and my listeners, and my listeners are probably better at DFS than I am. In fact, I know they are because they consistently beat me in our hoop ball <laughs> contest last season. So I'm going to ask for myself and then anyone out there that's like, yeah, I'm probably about as dumb as Dan in DFS. Are you going to be on this show, you and Mike, uh, are you guys basically just going to tell us, um, I mean, yes, I want to learn how to handicap it, but early on in the season, are you going to give us a lot of picks of the day as well? Because I know that's a thing that really moves the needle. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Ah, um, sweet. It, we're going to do a combination of two things. We're, we're going to go over who we recommend and who we uh, say to fade that day. Because really, that's just as important. Because, you know, you fade the right guy that's fairly expensive and he doesn't do very well, that gives you a huge uh, swing and advantage. Because other so people are then, a lot of other people are often using that guy. Absolutely. Let's okay. say, you know, we've seen that, Maybe the matchup uh, that particular night for Kemba Walker, you know, we don't feel is a good one because he's facing a defensive player that's given him trouble in the past. You know, whatever the case may be, Kemba may be 35, 36% owned. We fade him. Now you've got that edge on that amount of the field right off the bat. So we start narrowing it down. So we're going to give recommendations. 
We're going to dig in on all those specifics, utilize all of the time and effort we've spent the last four or five months uh, to get to this point, and then you know use that to make our selections. And then we're going to share that with you. And the best part is on the next day's show, we're going to start off with a lineup study of what we recommended the night before. So we all learn from it. I love what it. went great, what wasn't as great, you know, what should we have looked at next time that team's playing uh, Charlotte, for example, let's make sure we play that small forward because they can't defend that position. So every angle and every way you can look at it, man, we're looking to give our, our listeners an edge. Okay, so uh, two things. Number one, uh, I want to make sure that we give a shout-out to our podcast partner, our good buddies over at Fantasy Draft and Rake Free DFS. Uh, use the promo code HOOPBALL when you sign up. You get a free week of rake-free action at their website. Again, that site is fantasydraft.com. You can also click on the links we've got floating around. Use promo code HOOPBALL. The other thing is, Coach, I'm sold already on listening to your show once the games happen sell me and my listeners on listening to the shows now leading up to the actual games why should i listen beforehand well i i think you know like i said before you know if if you want to be successful you've got to prepare in advance you got to look like in this week's show we started a three-part episode four, five, and six. In this, in this show that dropped today, we went into the Atlantic and the Central Division. We went through all 10 teams and we talked about how the changes of the makeup of the team, whether it be coaches, players, how it's going to affect their DFS season coming up, pace of play, etc. So you can start getting a feel for who you like, who you don't, who you, where you want to see their price, so these are all strong preparation because here's here's the difference. A lot of guys are their main sport is DFS football, and that just kicked off two weeks ago. Everybody's into that, and then all of a sudden NBA is going to hit like a bomb in in four weeks with the regular season tip off on October 22nd, and people are going to look to dive their money into it without the preparation. So listen to our shows because it's going to give you that foundation to not only be successful throughout your DFS uh, season, but to get you that quick start, that first six, seven weeks where you can build up a nice, real good bankroll to go after it a little bit more aggressively. So listen in. I mean, you're going to hear uh, you know, little bits and pieces of everything we've observed and been, you know, viewing all those games, you know, sitting there at NBA Summer League. I mean, they're all, all that stuff has a purpose. They give you that edge. And I can tell you, you know me, I, I'm the last guy to ever brag or anything like that. But I've had five consecutive, very successful financial NBA DFS seasons. So right. I'm in. That, doesn't happen by accident. I'm in. I'm in, Coach. I'm in. And I love the, I love the concepts behind this show. You know that. Uh, coach at Joe Sarvati and coaches and that. coaches animals all welcome here on the podcast. Yes, that, that is, and he's been on our uh, weekly podcast one time too. That's <laughs> Chance, our our famous uh, 
new mascots. So. Ah, there you go. Well, take a chance on DFS today. You see what I did there? Uh, there available anywhere podcasts are located. BFS today brought to you by Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee and our good friends at Fantasy Draft Coach. I cannot wait to get a weekly update from you next week. Uh, and I can't wait to go listen to the show. Thanks, my man. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, and tune in, man. We're, we've got the good stuff. These next three weeks are huge. That was the great coach. Man, now back to the ADPs. At 95.5 is Gary Harris. We're starting to come up on it a little bit here. Gary Harris is an interesting case study. I thought he would have fallen far, farther than this. I've been asked about him a few times, and we've talked about him a few times. I'm not willing to be the guy to take the chance, which is a shame because he is, by all accounts, your prototypical distressed asset fantasy player. He checks all the boxes for someone you'd want to take a flyer on because he's been a top 40 guy in the recent past, as in before he soiled himself this most recent season, he was a top 40 guy. He played 34 minutes a game two years ago, averaged 17.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.8 steals, and 2.3 three-pointers while shooting 48.5% from the field. Now, here's the, the knock on the situation. The upside, before we get into the downside, the upside is if he's actually healthy, he wasn't healthy almost at all this year. He looked a little better in the playoffs. If he's healthy, that field goal percent should be the aberration because everything was just way down last year. None of his shots were going in. Uh, throughout his career, he's been between 47 and 50%. Last year was at 42. That doesn't feel like something that should be consistent on a team with as good an offense and as great a passing center as Jokic, there should be open looks. He wasn't making them. He was slow and hurt. He only played 57 games last year, and he didn't look very good for most of them. The rub with him is he's never healthy. He played 76 games his second year in the league. But other than that, 55, 57, 67, and 57. His steals are usually better. That should come back. But the minutes might not. Will Barton should be healthy. Malik Beasley, healthy. Monte Morris, healthy. Jamal Murray, healthy. This is just the backcourt. Torrey Craig, Mostly healthy. If there's any slippage at all, one of those guys could just take his job. Nothing's guaranteed in this league. But we're talking about pick 95. Well, 95.5 is the ADP. I guess it's actually, what are we, 94, 93, 94 in reality here. If your end of the eighth round pick doesn't pan out, you'll be okay. He's not my top choice of the names still on the board, if indeed this is the exact list of players that came off your board on draft day. I'd rather have the guy right after him or the guy even three after him. But if those guys are gone and you come up at this point and there's no one else that's floating around that has the potential 
to get back to that mark, well, then things, I think the scale tips a bit in his favor. Jeff Teague, 96.8. I love this pick at this point. He's fallen so far after some rough years. I mean, let's admit, it was a lean time for him lately. <laughs> uh, but he's another guy that has in his career shown the ability to be good. He's number, He's only 31 years old, so he's, you know, towards the end of his prime, but there shouldn't be a significant drop-off. The only knock with him is he doesn't shoot the three-pointer. He was unhealthy this last year, but had been pretty durable prior to that. And you're talking about another guy that you can get late in the draft with good uh, steals, generally, and assists, and a good free throw percent. Kyle Kuzma. 97.5. Nope. And in the words of the immortal Forrest Gump, and that's all I have to say about that. Nope. Not the right fantasy game. Sorry, guys. DeLon Wright at 98.1. This is a little bit more interesting. Some upside there. I think he should have a nice role with this team. He's got a pretty good fantasy stat set. I'd love to have him in this realm, in this neck of the woods. Jeremy Lamb at 98.3. This is a play for someone who's going to be better during the early part of the season. His role will be significantly increased without Victor Oladipo and will take an obvious hit when Victor comes back. Of course, that begs the question, will Victor come back? And if so, when? He's supposed to come back, we believe, in December. But we've seen this before. Things get delayed. Guys aren't fully healthy. He's not right when he comes back. He comes back, and then there's a setback. So there's a chance that Jeremy Lamb's value lasts beyond that mark. This, to me, is a much better roto pick than head-to-head. You milk three months out of Jeremy Lamb where he's going to be a much bigger player in the offense. I mean, he could be a top-50 guy for those two and a half months. That's pretty sweet, I think. Even if he tails off after that, throw him on your bench, dump him, I don't care. If you told me with my 100th pick, I could guarantee two and a half months of top 60 production from a guy, and then after that, no guarantees at all, I would take that chance. If he really falls this far, absolutely. I like his game, too. Freddie Van Fleet, 99.7, the ADP. Do we really think Toronto's turning the, the reins over to Freddie Van Fleet? I don't. He's mostly three-pointers. Really not even that great at assists. He averaged 27 and a half minutes a game last year and had five assists. 11 and five. Not much in the way of steals. I don't know. He's going to have to earn me over with this one. I don't think there's much in the way of upside. So no thanks. And Serge Ibaka. 101.5 is the ADP. He's the number 100 player that we're looking at on the board right now. I think he plays more than people expect. He'll see some time at the four. He strikes me as sort of the old man falling. You know, there's sort of... He's getting, he's getting nailed here, but I don't know that he deserves it, is basically what I'm running yet. He was number 61 last year, and his minutes should only come down by maybe one or two. So this is probably too far for him to fall. want to remind everybody here towards the end now of this program that Hoopball Leagues are almost full. We are officially now going to stop opening up new Hoopball Leagues unless there's this overwhelming surge of interest at, uh, at the tail end here. 
I just want to make sure that all of them get up to that nice even 12, and then we can level them off. Now, if we fill up everything, and like six of you say, yeah, we still want in, we'll open up a new one, and then we'll try to fill that as well. But I'm officially now putting it on the record. Hit me up soon if you want to be in a hoop ball league. We got Roto and head-to-head, cash leagues and free leagues. They're all at Fantrax, and they're all nine category. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, go to the HoopBall forums, hoop-ball.com. Click on the forums tab. You can post a note there. I will find it. You can also open up a HoopBall account and send me a private message through HoopBall that says, Dan, I want to be in a HoopBall league. So there's a lot of ways to get in touch with me if you'd like to play with some of the best of the best of the best, the other listeners of this podcast, Fantasy NBA Today. As mentioned earlier on, Draft Guide on sale through Sunday for $15.99. The Brewski 150 comes out on Monday, people, September the 23rd for Early Bird subscribers. Uh, you can get that at that same website. Early Bird Special is $26.99 right now. Or you can just wait, and it'll be in the draft guide on October the 7th. Projections also come out about a week from today. Those will be in the draft guide. Great time to be a draft guide subscriber because the, the biggest, the bestest is all getting added here in the next little bit. Tomorrow, as I mentioned on the podcast, we will have a special secret guest. You'll have to listen to find out who. Uh, We'll talk about what comes after the 100 mark in this Yahoo ADP. We'll sort of pick and choose some interesting key players, talk about uh, six or seven of those guys, and that'll roll you through to the weekend. Big thank you to Coach for getting us up to date on all things DFS. Please do take a moment to go check out DFS today. Thank you to Fantasy Draft, our buddy Michael Uh, over at Fantasy Draft for helping us get all that good stuff set up. Rake free DFS, the wave of the future. Don't let the website you're playing at take entry money as a fee. Play for all of the entry money. That's what that means. Rake free means that if you're in a a 100-person contest and everybody's got to put $3 in, all $300 is available for winnings. The site itself doesn't take any of it. That's rake free DFS, and that's how things should work. And that's how they do. Use promo code HOOPBALL when you sign up to get a free week trial of uh, rake-free contests you can enter over there. Coach, by the way, is at Joe Sarvati on Twitter. J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Again, rate and review the pod if you're enjoying what you're hearing here. We'd love that five-star mark. I'm Dan Vesperus. Have a wonderful Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a hoop ball presentation.